This podcast is sponsored by valleygivesback.org. Don't get spooked by planned giving. Name a Valley nonprofit in your estate plan and create a legacy that tells future generations what mattered to you. Making a gift that costs nothing during your lifetime is easy and revocable if things change. With a planned gift, you have the power to impact the Valley forever without affecting your current lifestyle. Your action will inspire others to make a difference in their own way. Remember the Valley. Ask your accountant, financial planner, or attorney about planned giving options. Plan now, give later, impact tomorrow. Learn more at valleygivesback.org. Hey everybody, I'm Eugene Driscoll. Welcome to Naval Gazing, the Valley Indie podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Valley Indie or on Facebook.com Valley Independent Sentinel. It is election season here in the Naugatuck Valley and beyond. And my guest for this podcast is Mr. Brian Capolo, a Derby resident who is running as a Democrat for mayor of the city of Derby. Welcome to the podcast, Brian. Well, thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. I think I got. I'm doing all right so far. Did I mess anything up? And I pronounced your name correctly, oh, right? It's it's all good. Yep, absolutely. We'll see if I spell it <laughs> wrong. I think I spelled your last name uh, Coppola in one of the early articles I did, which was embarrassing. But anyway, that's my habit. Get that a lot. But so. I thought we would have you on here today to kind of get to know who you are. Uh, as this this would be like the traditional newspaper profile that you always see of candidates. So, uh, like, my agenda here is to you know, get to know who you are and uh, why you're running for mayor, and then hopefully talk about uh, your specific platform if elected mayor. Sure. Yeah. The city of Derby, where you grew up, I understand, right? Yes. Yep. Yep. Born and raised here. So, yeah, where are you from? What'd your father do? How many generations of Derby are you? Sure. Okay. Uh, actually, I wasn't born here, but uh, mostly raised here. Uh, fourth generation, uh, grew up in, uh, New Hampshire for a year or two and then came back down. Um, but, uh, I was raised on all the great stories and, uh, all the great, uh, the photos and the, and the legends of, of how Derby used to be. And that's kind of how I grew up. You know, that was, that was the fun thing during the holidays is, you know, sitting around and hearing about these grand stories about the bustling downtown and, and how things used to be. And for some reason, I just kind of was attracted to that and just, just picked it up and said, "Oh my God, we 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 can have that again, right? I mean, that would be that would be fantastic." And so, uh, you know, that kind of always resonated with me for a very long time. And uh, so, you know, I went to college. I did I did what I had to do, and uh, I, I learned a lot about uh, communications and business. And I just always felt gravitated back to the valley. And uh, I, I got a job at the Bridgeport Fire Department, and uh, I'm very very proud of that. Uh, We've uh, been doing a lot of good work there, and uh, very honored to be a part of that service. Uh, yeah, what drew you to, because I know you, we had spoken previously when you first announced. Sure. 
uh, or it might have been a little bit before that. And you had said you were in like the restaurant business sure, for yeah. a little bit, but you, but your father, long time uh, public servant uh, in Derby, like right. your, your sort of lineage is in the fire department here in Derby, am I correct? Right, right. So uh, yeah, my father uh, started when he was 16 in, in, the, uh, in the fire service uh, at the Storms. It's a volunteer fire service. Uh, you know, he, he has some, some great stories and he really kind of came to, um, understanding the community, uh, understanding how, you know, how important community work is. And I would hear his stories and, and he, he talked with such pride and, uh, growing up, I, I said, you know what, that's, that's amazing. And, uh, I did, I followed in his footsteps when I was 16, I, I joined as well. And, uh, so we have kind of been a, uh, a family, second-generation family of uh, Derby firefighters. And when you joined, what was it, the Storms? Yeah. Storm Ambulance and Rescue Corps? That's right, yeah. When you joined at 16, uh, you're still in it, though, right? You're yes, still, yeah. Yep. Still an active member. Yep. Were there any other, and I may have asked you this already in a previous interview, uh, but were there any other uh, members, junior members or 16-year-old members, what are their, I don't know what their official title is, who are still in it with you? Right, yeah. No, there's, uh, so yeah, we were technically auxiliary. Auxiliary, uh, okay. Right, yeah. 18-year-olds are interior and, and above. Um, but uh, yeah, no, there was a, it's a great group of guys. Uh, who were some of them? Like, who, who's still there? Do you know? Uh, well, you know. You still was, friends with any of them? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, as a, you know, Brian Cooper. And, you know, the great thing, too, is that we had uh, generations uh, slightly above us, like okay. uh, like like the Leonards, uh, that were just you know they were great to us, uh, and the Antonazis, uh, who were just you know who kind of taught us and they taught us the pride and taught us the dedication, you know, and that was that that was something to be 16 years old and and to be part of something bigger than yourself. I think that was just. It was an incredible experience, and I, I think, unfortunately, many people don't have the opportunity for that. It's definitely a character building, I would assume. Yeah. So what made you, you went into sort of the rest, of, you went to college for business and said in communications, you said, mm -hmm. uh, and then you were sort of not doing the fire service. What brought you back uh, yeah. into the fold, I guess? Oh, that's a good question. I, honestly, it comes down to... You know, it's it's weird. It's it's this desire to be something bigger than yourself. You know, I mean, this it comes down to being a part of something, uh, and it comes down to having that opportunity, which was, you know, this is this is an organization that has been around for hundreds of years, and you have an opportunity to protect a community and. I think that there was something always about me that resonated with that. And uh, it was only until I came back into the fold and, uh, you know. And in Bridgeport, uh, describe to me, like, I mean, what's uh, being a, a firefighter, not what it's like, but, I mean, are you based in a certain neighborhood in Bridgeport? Uh, what's your truck company as I right. spout off like an idiot? It's like, what's your <laughs> no, schedule no. sort of? You there, yeah. Like, so, so, uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm on C shift, which is, uh, we all run 24 hours on 72 off. Okay. So, uh, what that means is that, you know, I work a full 24, you know, 7am to 7am. Uh, and then, uh, and then we have three days off, but we're assigned to a single company, which is a single, um, apparatus, whether it be an engine or a ladder, uh, I'm assigned to an engine and the, uh, fireboat in town. So, uh, yeah, it's. 
we go in, but you never know what you're going to come across. You know, it's every day is totally different. Um, and uh, that's there, what's exciting and adventurous. And are there are, I didn't intimate to interrupt, are there, are, sure. there, are there a lot of other uh, Valley men and women in the Bridgeport uh, Fire Department? There, No, there there are a couple. Yeah, um, there's uh, th- there's a few people. I, I don't know if I should mention names. Um, they're they're good friends of mine and they're they're great people. Uh, but, uh, it's funny that the, the storms in, uh, and, uh, fire and ambulance corps, they, we, we have a lot of people in different departments around the region. So it kind of instills that the sense. Yeah, yeah. It stills that sense of, of, uh, you know, civic service. And how old are you, Brian? I'm 33. You're 33. Yeah. Okay. And so now you're running for mayor. Right. You're making a bit of a leap. I mean, I had, I had asked you previously, well, I would think the one knock that people could say right away, well, hey, this guy doesn't have any municipal experience. He's got to be on the tax board. How can we trust <laughs> him to just jump in and, and run our, our run our city? Uh, right. So what's the motivation to run for mayor? And then how do you uh, respond to the probably the lowest hanging fruit uh, that somebody could say, well, you're not you're not experienced. Right. Well, I think the funny thing is, is that uh, maybe not funny, but the reality is, is that um, I have seen that there is an opportunity for development and I can understand that there is a point where everyone has to come to a point in their lives where they say, is there something I can do to make things better? And I was sitting down actually at the firehouse and uh, this opportunity was afforded to me. And I said, you know what, I am, I'm sick and tired of just talking about ideas of change. If, if this is the catalyst and this is the opportunity for me to actually do that, uh, let me do it. You know? And so. then how does one, because I've never run for mayor, I've never run for anything, uh, how does one sort of put your name into the ring and uh, convince the Democratic Party in Derby that you're going to be their, their candidate? Because right. from what I've heard, I mean, the, the, the party, I mean, just two years ago, it seems like 100 years ago at this point, but they were bitterly split. Uh, there was a primary, you know, the Democratic Party was, was fractured, I guess, right. uh, from what I observed. But now I've heard they've coalesced hmm. around you. Right. Uh, so how does one do that? Well, I think, I think the reality is, is that... Uh, you know, not to use the old adage, it's darkest for before the dawn, but I think that we are in such dire straits that uh, I think that the party has been unified because um, people are in a point of dire straits and they need to get out of this financial crisis that is increasing taxes. And um, we don't really have any amenities to show for it or development to show for it. So, uh, you know, I think the party came together and said, okay, you know what, we, we need a change. And uh, I was very interested, as I said before, and started attending uh, town committee meetings. And, uh, you know, I had some ideas and I talked to some people and I vetted my ideas off of them. And it was kind of a spring well. And I said, you know what, this is possible. This is tangible. Change is tangible. And I just decided to go for it. And then in terms of your campaign, who who's helping you out? Like who's your campaign manager? And then uh, who's sort of advising you on uh, on where to go to knock on doors and what events you show up to and all that uh, sure. magic stuff that candidates do when they're running for local office? Yeah, this has definitely been a learning experience for me. Uh, I have come into this and had some uh, good people with the town committee um, and uh, current aldermen and tax board people on both sides um, who are just uh, 
ready for a change to kind of help and brief me. Um, my father is actually my campaign director, uh, and uh, he's uh, he's been helping me out a lot. Uh, he's a good businessman. I mean, through and through. Uh, that that's what he's been doing for years uh, as a director. Uh, but uh, it really comes down to the fact that I think I'm coming from this as a point of a resident, right? So it's not necessarily that I know the inside politics of everything or I'm I'm in the weeds, if you will, of how things are actually run. Uh, I think that maybe people thought that my ideas were refreshing or new or just my ambition was unique. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to. You know, uh, toot my own horn too much by any means. But I think that I just came in with honest ideas of seeing what it would look like from the other side of the door, right? So when we door knock, you know, what would I want to hear? What would I want to see? What would a candidate want to do to create change that I would be inspired by? And that's kind of what I went for. And I said, you know what? Let's just go with this as honestly as possible. And, and see where it takes us. Yeah, and when did you were in... Well, actually, I know when it was because I was there. It was In July, you were officially endorsed as the party's candidate. Right. Uh, so what have you been doing since then? Take me uh, inside like the campaign. What happens uh, every day? And then how do you manage that with a full-time job? Right. Um, well, it's definitely been a learning experience. Um, fortunately, like I said, I have uh, 24-hour shifts on 72 off. So, you know, I, I have more than t- enough time to... Uh, to give into the campaign, uh, but uh, it's it's been a learning experience. It's been you know uh, going out hitting doors. Uh, really, it comes down to me just trying to talk to people, uh, figure out what they want because I have my own ideas, uh, and uh, but I want to know what the majority of people's complaints and concerns are. You know, I'm I'm disappointed with the tax increases and the lack of development, but I'm just one person. So I wanted to go out and I wanted to talk to everybody. And, and that's my goal is to hit every, every, almost every door in Derby and just to figure out, you know, what, peop, what people's concerns are. And uh, in terms of, I mean, on the national level, the country is polarized. It's more polarized than it's ever been uh, in my memory. I'm 45. I mean, I, you know, I was a little kid in the, in the early 70s, so I don't remember. But uh, do you see any of that when you knock on a door? Do you, have, uh, do, you, do you knock on a door and somebody just asks you, oh, what's your party affiliation? Democrat, they shut the door on you. Do you experience any of that uh, on the local level? Or are you, are you, like, are you focusing on just people you well, need I mean, to get out and vote for you? You know they're Democrats. No, no, no. I, I think the thing is, is that it's, uh, it's a good question. It's a really good question. Uh, it, it comes down to um, I want to talk to the person who lives in Derby. Uh, I, it really comes down to what is our issue. Our issue is is that our taxes are going up, um, our education's flatlined. Uh, we have um, you know a lack of development. I think people are very frustrated that we haven't seen development in in decades. Um, I think that if you create an open conversation with people, and you just say, "Hey, listen, I'm a resident too." And I want to talk to you. What what do you want to see changed? I think that really changes the conversation uh, to a point where two residents can have a conversation, not a Democratic candidate and not a Republican candidate. It's just two people having an honest conversation of where they want to see the town go.
Okay, so I live in Derby too. I'm I'm on uh, Hawthorne Avenue. Where do you live in Derby? Not not exact address, but just uh... sure, sure. Uh, no, it's uh, I I live on uh, Derby Avenue. I Derby live in Avenue. one of okay. the condos in Derby Avenue. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Oh, so yeah. we're we're kind of close to each yeah. other. Uh, so you mentioned uh, the tax increase a couple of times. So let's get to sort of your platform. Sure. Uh, what's the most uh, important issue in Derby in your mind? Right. Um, first and foremost, I, like I said it, before, it's the increased taxes. I think the, unfortunately, we are predominantly a residential-based town. Um, our grand list is doesn't have enough uh, industry and commercial to help support a bigger pool to help uh, move ourselves forward. Uh, we were an industrial hub at one point, and now I think we're predominantly residential, and I think that that's not really uh, the way a town should exist. Um, it's not fair to our residents um, to have, you know, such a uh, increased taxes and and the idea of having, uh, you know, uh, flatlined amenities. This podcast is sponsored by ValleyGivesBack.org. Don't get spooked by planned giving. Name a Valley nonprofit in your estate plan and create a legacy that tells future generations what mattered to you. Making a gift that costs nothing during your lifetime is easy and revocable if things change. With a planned gift, you have the power to impact the Valley forever without affecting your current lifestyle. Your action will inspire others to make a difference in their own way. Remember the Valley. Ask your accountant, financial planner, or attorney about planned giving options. Plan now, give later, impact tomorrow learn more at valleygivesback.org and for anybody who's i mean this just this past budget season the the tax board raised the mill rate 2.5 mills right. at the same time didn't provide any uh, new funding to the school district which you, you, you right yes. just in case anybody doesn't know the context of right. that so how does a mayor though if elected mayor because now I've been, we've been here for, we, me, the Valley Indy, what's left of it, has been here for 10 years. Right. And every two years there's an election. And every two years somebody says we're going to, you know, grow our grand list. And yet it, it hasn't happened. Right. It seems like the issues, I mean, sometimes I sit here as a reporter and resident and just think, man, I don't know. I don't know. The, 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 the issues seem to be systemic. I don't, I, I'm... Yeah not hopeless but it seems overwhelming so what would you do specifically to get uh, to lower our taxes and to get to convince more companies to move to derby and transfer that tax burden away from the residential uh, homeowner to commercial industrial and non-residential sure. use yeah i think uh, first and foremost uh, it has to be getting uh, competent qualified people in office uh, that is uh, appointed positions, first and foremost. I mean, that's the only real uh, power that a mayor would have. Uh, and then that's to create a transparent government, which is to say I would very much like to post job positions of job requirements, whether it be for the economic developer or the financial director, and say, look, th these are things that, that are needed for the job. These are qualifications. Um, why don't you apply? And then we can go and have a very transparent, so that so the so the people of Derby can see that we're going through in this process, and and more first and foremost that we can actually get qualified, track proven people to apply for these positions, uh, and and once we they apply for these positions, we can have these interviews and really get a crack team in place and uh, move forward with uh, financial stability to move forward with smart economic development 
it really comes down to the idea of, you know what, I'm coming into this and I appreciate that I might not have all the answers, but the reality is, is that um, if we create a good team with a shared vision and an ambition and a talented workforce, um, we can definitely move forward and be a more competent city moving forward. Now, one thing that I've heard touted over the years, and you mentioned like sort of economic development, now it's a part-time position sure. uh, in, in town under uh, the current administration. Uh, finance, the finance director's position has been one that's, uh, people, it's, it's been tumultuous uh, right. over the years. Uh, so you're saying not political appointees, but would you have to raise, would you have to pay these people more? Would you yes. have to, if you, and then, then how do you do that? Cause one thing yeah. I've always heard in Derby is that, Hey, you know, we don't exactly pay as much. You can, you can be a finance director and make much more money somewhere else. Uh, so, you know, right. How do you well, pay I mean, for that? How do you compete with someone like first, these other towns? Right. First and foremost, presuming have, I'm right. Cause I'm just talking. I don't even, I, I, I can't say what I'm, what I just right. said is even correct, but <laughs> just what I've heard. Right. No, I, I, I think you're right in the sense that, look, we, we are a $6 million corporation, the city of Derby. Uh, we have, uh, you know, $300,000 worth of staff jobs. Uh, I don't think that we can argue and be penny wise and pound foolish here. So I would like to get the Board of Aldermen, I would like to get the tax board together, sit down with them uh, day after election and say, listen, we need a qualified professional staff. We cannot, you know, cut off our nose to save our face. We need people who have a track record and experience in this and who can move forward with good ideas and and good stop lines. I mean, the reality is, is that, you know, this current administration it has, you know, have seen the books for two years. And the reality is, is that... Um, I would argue that they were incompetent. They have gone from a uh, a rainy day fund to uh, millions of dollars of debt. And the reality is is that we need people who are fiscally responsible. We need people who can have that experience to recognize uh, um, inefficiencies. You know, recognize uh, any stop gaps that aren't happening, and to create those and to move forward to a more competent. Uh, competent uh, uh, city forward. And and that's the other thing, too, is that, you know, look, I understand that uh, government is not total business, but if we were to get in a business relationship um, with developers and we want to be in a good relationship with regional bodies and the state, we have to prove that we are financially capable and financially responsible to move forward. You know, that's how relationships work, right? You know, you have to you have to say, look, you have to have trust in us and we have trust in you and let's build a relationship forward. Uh, and then in terms of you had just said that there uh, basically there was some uh, incompetency uh, at work. Uh, but of course, now to play devil's advocate, I already received a letter at one point. Uh, on this issue where uh, Mayor Zekin's campaign manager said, well, wait a second, this finance, because what we're sort of alluding to here is this uh, financial blunder in the Derby budget where uh, the finance department and the tax board and everybody involved in double checking the numbers made a mistake and, and double counted Alliance District money uh, that comes from the state or a state grant or a 
monetary amount equal to an alliance district grant right. uh, was was miscounted. They counted it twice, created a budget hole, uh, and, and but but the Republicans say, oh, well, that started under uh, Mayor Dugado. She brought in uh, the current finance director, and at the same time, she had her one of the administrative guys in the office uh, do the budget, and that's where the mistake originated. Right. Uh, so is there enough blame to go around or? Well, like see, that's the thing is like, you know, I, I'm not here to pass blame. You know, I, I am, I am an outsider looking in, but, uh, I mean, I, I know how to read my own personal budget and I know that, uh, if I make a error in my, uh, <laughs> checking account, it's, it's on me, you know? And, uh, I understand that maybe look, you know, there's reports saying that some of these issues go back 10 plus years, but the reality is, is that you're responsible for your own books and your own budget. And to be honest with you, I think that we have to focus on issues in the present. And that present is, is that we need people that can read a budget and not make those mistakes. And to, instead of hiring more people to make those stop gaps, uh, reach out to other towns, regions in the state to figure out a perfect example is that, you know, um, we don't necessarily have the proper stop, stop gaps in order um, to go and reach out to other towns and the other regions and say, okay, let's, let's look at our books. How can we be more fiscally responsible? Um, and that's, I think, where really talented individuals could come into the, uh, in the forefront and, you know, help us uh, go forward as a more competent town. And then sort of turning uh, this statement into sort of an action plan, I presume what you're saying is for like, say, finance director, you might have a, because I don't know what the job description is right now for finance director or mm. economic development, you might set up formal, okay, like a, like a company does, here are the qualifications you have, you know, whatever undergraduate degree or master's sure. degree, would it, would it be like that specific? Right. Yeah, and, and that's gotcha. exactly it. I mean, it's it's honestly, it's it's kind of running it like a business. It's having that, uh, the job requiem, it's having the past experience. We want to see people with not only a background, but a proven track record. And we also want to make that transparent, whether it be uh, on, the, um, uh, on a website, uh, City Hall website, or, or what have you. Uh, to to show that look we are looking for qualified people and that's what we want we want qualified people we need we need hardworking competent people that can actually help a shared vision of moving this town forward first and foremost get us us financially and fiscally competent and capable uh, and then second most we have to go from taskmasters from getting you know, uh, financially sound to being salesmen. And we can go out and we can get those grants. We can talk to developers and, and small business owners and medium business owners uh, and, and create a rapport and a relationship. Uh, that's something I'm also very passionate about is, uh, is creating um, a city hall that is so transparent that uh, current businesses, uh, interested businesses, small and medium range can come in and talk to us and say, you know, how do how do we come into this town? How do we prosper? Because the reality is, is that when when small business prospers, we prosper, and that's and and, and that's and that's what I want to do. But first and foremost, we have to get a fiscally sound, fiscally capable uh, city hall in order. Okay, and so that was uh, basically listed as your your first uh, issue there. And if we move right. on to a, a second priority, because we've just talked about, you've essentially said. Uh, 
toughen the job requirements for some of the positions sure, yeah. uh, in, in City Hall, including uh, in the finance department. Uh, and then, well, I guess you had talked a bunch of, and I want to, you know, you, uh, don't let me sort of steer you, but you had talked about the flat funding of education. Uh, I know like every town in the Valley uh, struggles to fund to fund schools. Right. Uh, it just gets more and more expensive. Not putting, not blaming superintendents or, or, or schools, but it is one of those things you hear about everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, I mean, the mayor doesn't really put mayor sort of puts together a budget sometimes, but it's really the tax board. Right. What do you think could be done differently to help out the the school district? Well, I th- I think the thing is is that we have to um, be forward with the idea of shared services. Uh, regionalization comes, sometimes has a dirty connotation to it, but I think the reality is is that, first and foremost, uh, the education of our students is, is the most important thing. Um, if we can create a shared service program or a regional program where we can provide a better service um, at a better uh, savings to our residents, uh, then so be it. Uh, and and I think what we have to do is we have to have a proactive approach um, to to that and with other towns and create that rapport. Um, f- do you support the work that's uh, going on right now of the Ansonia Derby Temporary School Regionalization Committee? Do you at least support that concept? That I, yeah, are- no, I absolutely, I absolutely support the concept. Uh, like I said, first and foremost, we have to have those conversations. Uh, I, I want to hear more ideas on, on this nature. Uh, but first and foremost, like I said before, we have to make sure that the students, the Derby residents, um, are not sacrificing any services, and uh, it's to the benefit of the taxpayer. So change for the sake of change can be very dangerous. Uh, it really comes down to the fact of, you know, can we increase services and can we s- stabilize our taxes through a through a process like that. Okay, so what's what's your next priority then, if elected? What's what's the second biggest issue facing Derby? Well, well I, I definitely think that the uh, the ec- uh, economic development first and foremost. I think that there is some amazing opportunities in this town. Um, we have some areas that can develop. Uh, we need to be able to partner with our regional bodies and developers and state uh, legislators to, you know, get grants and laws passed to bring business in. I mean, this, this town used to be a catalyst for, for industry, and it used to be a booming enterprise. And we really didn't lose that much infrastructure. Uh, the, the point is, is that we have highways. Uh, we have two beautiful waterfronts. We have the opportunity. We have the green space. Um, my biggest concern is that we don't want change for the sake of change. We want to have long-term responsible development that's going to increase the grand list as much as possible um, and not just create that, oh, this is development, see how good we're doing. You know, We owe it to ourselves to increase the grand list and, and increase as many amenities and bring jobs and I say jobs but I mean careers bring careers in whether it be through advanced manufacturing or office positions you know make sure that we use the property the square footage of this town to its greatest benefit I mean one thing uh, isn't the current administration doing that to some extent with uh, say the downtown redevelopment zone there is 
uh, a developer who has been talking for a year uh, about putting in an application for mixed-use housing and uh, retail in that redevelopment zone, but it seems you've got a scrapyard right there, which right. which is a impediment to getting financing for anybody that wants to go down there. Uh, aren't they doing that, or what? What would you do differently uh, than the Zika administration is doing right now in terms of specifically that downtown redevelopment zone that's been sort of right. stagnant and delayed for? Well, first and foremost, I think it's the city's responsibility to make sure that that land is prepped appropriately. Uh, we want to make sure that we can sell the idea of downtown Derby as best we can so we can get the best ideas from the best developers to come in. And if that means a squeaky wheel... Let's hold it a little closer. Oh, sorry. Squeaky wheel mayor that, uh, you know, uh, you know, gets the, the land prepped, so be it. Um, working, like I said before, work, working with the region. Get those people together working with the state legislator, getting grants, you know, getting the best possible opportunity for, for our, our bang for our buck. And, um, you know, I'm kind of concerned with the way the town is going because I see a bit of short-sightedness. Um, I don't want, like I said before, I don't want change for the sake of change. I don't want a parking lot behind BJ's or a, a, a box store south of Main Street. We deserve better. We deserve development, but we deserve square footage, things that are not only going to increase the grand list and increase the property value, but give people the opportunities for the amenities they deserve and also the opportunity to, to have solid careers. Because I kind of think about you know, what made Derby so great, you know, in the turn of the century, right? All these these romantic stories we talked about earlier. And I think it was that people had a love and a loyalty for this town because it provided them a job. It provided them a community. It provided them a home. And in turn, they were loyal to that. And they wanted to instill that loyalty to their family, um, their kin. And I think that that's some of the core basics we have to go back to, which is, you know, provide an opportunity for careers here, provide an opportunity for, um, you know, pleasable housing, um, and provide an opportunity for amenities where people want to go to our downtown and be proud of it and to, to, to go to restaurants and entertainment and, and enjoy it and embrace it. That's really it's a bit of a grand vision, but I think that's the grand vision that we need to have to move forward because, uh, you know, the world is changing and, and no man is an island and neither is no town an island. And that's why we kind of have to work together and kind of create a opportunity for Derby once again to to instill a sense of pride and investment within its own community. And the only way we can do that is by, you know, providing affordable, you know, um, I don't want to say affordable housing, but, um, you know, um, taxes that are, 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 are not driving people to the point of ruin and property values that, uh, are investable and, you know, amenities that, uh, make people want to live here. One thing, uh, that sort of struck me covering the city over the last, uh, 10 years or so well, when I when I came on board, the Republicans basically controlled City Hall, controlled the Board of Aldermen, uh, and then uh, the Democrats came back, took over City Hall, took over the Board of Aldermen, and then immediately started fighting 
with each other. The, the, the sort of most cantankerous meetings I attended of the Board of Aldermen uh, were Democrats going at each other, right. uh, which was right. surprising that that, that had happened. Right. Uh, and then, uh, you know, uh, Zekin comes in, the Republicans take over, and now, although I've missed probably the last three or four uh, Board of Alder meetings, it's too hot in that building. You know what I mean? It's just like they got to get yeah. that fixed. Uh, but the, the, the level of sniping, at least publicly, sort of dissipated uh, a lot. Uh, would if I was a voter who's concerned, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Well, well, wait a second. If we get a Democrat in the mayor's office again, the Democrats will immediately start fighting with each other again, yeah. just like they did uh, two to three years ago. Oh, that's that, no, that's that's a very valid point. That's a good point. Um, I personally think that uh, one of the solutions for that, and something that uh, my administration would do, is to create such transparency with uh, you know uh, development or fiscal responsibility that we create such a transparency that we let the people of Derby know that, you know, change is coming, here's opportunities, and this is what's going into the aldermanic, and this is going into the, the you know, the board of taxation, this is what's happening. Um, and kind of the whole thing of, you know, the old ideology of let your senator know that you want this or that, it, well, you know what, let's do the same thing with the board of aldermen and the, and the board of taxation. Um, Let's make these these ideas and these visions so transparent that, um, you know, we kind of make sure that the aldermen are on board with us. And I, I, I believe that we have a lot of good board, uh, board of aldermen um, people and, and, and uh, board of taxation people that if we create a solid vision and move forward and say, listen, you're with us, we are with the vision and the betterment of the community, or, or you're not, uh, I, I think that... Um, the truth is, is I, I I might be an opportunist, but I think that a lot of people. Uh, you mean optimist? Uh, yes, uh, okay. optimist. Excuse me, excuse me. I, I misspoke. Yeah, I yeah. Know. No, 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 no. You're right. I, I apologize. Yeah, no. It's. Uh, I'm an opportunist. Yeah, yeah that's no, like no. A I, you know, no. So, but um, no, I I th I think that uh, most people who get involved in this want want change for the better, and I think that if we have a unified, solid uh, vision for that future, and we have a competent staff we can move forward. And I think it'll be more unified than not. How about in uh, terms of any major, major structural changes you would do uh, to say, I mean, you talked about a little Derby government, but I'm in terms of charter change, one thing that's been bandied about and uh, that this administration tried to move forward, but the, uh, the, the alderman didn't want to do it, uh, charter change in terms of making the mayor two year to four years, uh, because it does seem in a lot of sure. these towns where, Especially Derby, where you have these generational issues, the Route 34 right. widening, the downtown yep. development zone. It almost seems, and maybe it's my opinion, like you get elected and then uh, you have either you're starting from scratch, uh, we've kind of seen a little bit, or you just have to run for re-election again before you can have any real uh, change. And then you look at other places like Shelton, uh, you know, Loretti's been you know, mayor for 110 years now. Uh, there, is, there is something to be said for like stability. Seymour right. seems to be doing better. Right. Uh, I mean, they have two year elections, but Miller's been there with the same. Yeah. Uh, so is there anything to be said for, for charter change and uh, things like that? Absolutely. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, I'm that, and that's half the reason why I'm trying to focus on a group of uh, professionally minded people, whether it be, um, you know, the, uh, 
that's the edge, a train it's coming. A that's right. That's, that's, this is, that's <laughs> yeah. the ambiance of yeah. uh, Ansonia right. we hear in the background. Um, whether it be the uh, economic developer or the finance director, I, too, think that, uh, to be honest with you, I'm going to be totally transparent with you now. Um, perhaps the mayor should be full-time. Um, I, I can't preach a full-time city hall and then, you know, exist in a part-time position indefinitely. Uh, my point is is that I, I, I love being a Bridgeport fireman, but m- equally as much I love being a Derby resident, and I want to have the amenities, and I want to have the opportunity to, you know, grow up in a community I'm proud with. And um, I would be more open than anything to the opportunity to change the charter to a full-time position. Um, like I said, I'm just coming in here because I feel like there's an opportunity for change, and I want to help that. And once I believe that the uh, wheels are set, I am more than happy to uh, release the reins to, to someone who can handle this full time. So, and now we're about, what, a month away from the election, which is right. just terrifying. And I'm, I'm not running, but, <laughs> you know, I got to cover these things with one person. Uh, what happens now? What What's your game plan for the next uh, 30 days Thirty or so, because yeah. it's been kind of, from my perspective, and maybe it's because there's only one of me now. It's been a, a bit quiet. Usually, right. we're sort of, or the Valley Indie would be hit with uh, either letters to the editor or press releases. Somebody'd be throwing a little mud at the other side, but it seems to be sort of progressing quietly. Okay. compared to past, uh, ele- but maybe I, I don't know. But I could be wrong, yeah. or maybe everyone just goes to Facebook. Nobody gives a. <laughs> Well, I'm not I almost cursed on my own podcast <laughs> about the local media. But, right. So what, what, what's your game plan well, for the next 30 the, days? The game plan is, is that, look, uh, you know, you're right. We haven't been, uh, you know, my my biggest goal is getting on doors and talking to people. Um, it's figuring out what they want, talking to them as human beings. Um, we have uh, some things going out uh, in, in, in the near future. Um, but first and foremost, it's... I want to run on the idea of transparency. I want to run on the idea of a communication. And I truly believe it, and I truly mean it. And so it, it, I sometimes believe it's more important to to receive as much information as give. So when I want grassroots change, I truly mean it. And I think that's what this is. This is true grassroots change. Okay, Brian, those are all my questions. It's been uh, about 39, 40 minutes or so. Is there anything that you wanted to add that I haven't asked you. I don't mm. know if there's other parts of your platform or things that you wanted to hit. Uh, so now would be the time to... I no, I just, I, I think that, uh, you know, uh, the reality is, is that we have a lot of work to do. People are frustrated. You know, taxes are up. Development is flatlined. So is education. We need people with vision to come in. We need talented experience to come in. And we need to kind of increase that grand list. And if that means being a salesman, so be it. If that means being a taskmaster and getting qualified people in those jobs, so be it. Um, But we just need to start looking with more passion and more vision in this town. And that's really what I'm running on. All right. And Brian Capolo, where can people go if they hear this podcast? Where can they go online or on the street to find out more? about you sure yeah no I, I, and I, the, the rest of the slate i should know that there's yeah. an entire slate of uh fellow democrats running right uh, so you can go to uh brianforderby.com um that's uh brian with an i for derby.com um that's our website and uh 
you know, I'm more than happy to pass on any information to the slate. Um, you know, we're all running together and, uh, you know, we, we need, we need drastic change. So, uh, please leave, uh, an email message. Um, there's contact information, there's donation resources that you can go to. So, um, it would, it would be, uh, it would be great if people visited that. So. And then do you know where you'll be, like, election night? Did, did the Democrats have a campaign headquarters Yeah, yet so our, our campaign headquarters is at uh, 18 Olivia, uh, which is uh, the old dance studio right there. Um, oh, okay. Right, right oh, at that's... the fork of Main Street, yeah. Oh, good. That's nice and easy for me. That's why I asked. <laughs> nice, I like nice, like yeah. So, yeah. And so that'll be up and running. That'll be up and running. We'll be there, yeah. All right, Brian, well, I want to thank you so much for uh, coming by and, and talking about yourself and your candidacy i know it's never easy to just sit down with a microphone i've never talked about myself this much (laughs) in the history of ever so yes yeah so thank you for indulging me i really appreciate it thank you very much eugene thank you Discourse just about